Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan. I'm stoked to have you guys here with me because today I have someone very special. I'm chatting to Jess. Now, Jess and I have known each other, Flip, for a little while now, almost say a year, maybe? Yeah, I would say a year. Quite close to that. So Jess is a certified fertility awareness instructor. Let me get my tongue around that. With NFPTA teaching the symptothermal method. So Jess is based in Melbourne, um, but holds consults online to people all around the world. So her passion is supporting women who are wanting to or have recently stopped hormonal birth control and want to use the fertility awareness method as their natural birth control. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's just started absolutely bucketing down here. So I hope that doesn't come off my podcast. Yeah, I can't hear anything. And I was going to say, actually, in Melbourne, it's raining here today and I have a tin roof, but we I feel like, and stop. I feel like WA in Melbourne, like neither of us can complain too much because I think of all those guys in New South Wales getting flogged right now, and I'm like, man, we're we're actually really lucky. Yeah, that's true. So, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, who you are, what you do, how you got there. Yeah, so I started. Um, I discovered fertility charting about almost seven years ago now and I was working corporate life um doing recruitment I did sort of like admin reception work I was always I always thought I had to climb the corporate ladder um because that was like the professional thing to do growing up from my parents influence um but I was a pretty shitty employee (laughs) I would always google like um health and wellness and courses I would I'm a very high functioning uh worker I would do my work in three hours and then I would just do my own thing and google online and I'd sort of like have things hidden behind my screen um so I wasn't a very good employee in that sense but I did get my work done um and I, I thought I wanted to do like be a fitness instructor or a PT um what else did I want to do? Oh, I always wanted to be in health, some sort of health, like naturopath, acupuncture. Um, but yeah, I always was looking for other other avenues because that really interested me. Um, and like in my personal life, I was always like researching things to eat um, and having a healthy diet and exercising. Um, and then I, yeah, just one day was following this health um coach uh Nicole Jardim I don't know if you've heard of her or maybe someone else has yeah so she sent an email and the title in the subject line was natural birth control and I was like wait what are you talking about I was on the pill for five years already and I hated it I in my mind I didn't want to be on it 
Like, I just knew that it was bad, but I didn't know why or what. There was no other way. Like, how mm-hmm. else was I meant to not get pregnant when I was in a relationship? And when I saw Fertility Awareness, I started Googling it and I just went down this massive rabbit hole all day Saturday in bed. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm doing this. My boyfriend at the time, I'm not with that guy anymore, but he was at work. And when he came home, I was like, babe, this is what I found and I'm quitting the pill and I'm doing this. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which would have been like for a guy that probably was a bit like, um, okay, is this safe? Like are we are we going to fall pregnant now? Like are you sure? Like is this Yeah. Like- he knew that I was I've always been known to be one of like the natural people that make they make fun of you. Like everything has to be organic or vegan, not, not that I – um, it's just people think that about you because they just see they see it as an extremity. Yeah. Um, so I think he trusted me in a way. And, yeah, I was like, I just stopped taking the pill the next day and started charting my cycles. Wow. And that's, that's, that's a big jump after five years of being on the pill to just, um, yeah, jump straight off it. Yeah, it was a rocky road <laughs> to yeah. come out the other side. Um, but then the the reason why I started fertility um, beca- became a fertility awareness instructor was because I would tell people, like I'd tell my friends um, and no one knew what it was. And I'm like, how do people not know this? <laughs> yeah. So were you on the pill just for birth control or were you on it for other stuff? Yeah, purely for birth control. And I went on it at 19 because I was in a serious relationship and I didn't want to get pregnant. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. We didn't want a baby. Yeah. Yeah. If was the pill your first choice, um, as opposed to you know all the other things that are out there, Marina IUD or you know um anything like that, or you just the pill because it's easiest in a sense. Yeah, I think because I was complaining to my doctor that she she was saying you should go on birth control, and I was like, oh, I don't like anything else. Like it seems all heavy, like heavy toxic. Uh, synthetic hormones and she was like I'll give you this brand of pill it's actually a very low dose and that's what she said to me I don't know um the brand is called Norman I don't know if it's still out there no one ever really heard of that one it wasn't like your Yasmin or like the common ones side effects from it no if anything my skin was like super clear baby skin people would compliment me like what do you do for skincare I'm like just water and a face cloth like what skincare I had no skincare routine back then wow so when you came off the pill what happened like um any side effects from it or it was smooth off as well yeah so my well the first thing I noticed was it was like a, a veil had lifted off my shoulders and I don't know, you sort of feel robotic on it. Like it's just not you. And then when I stopped it, I was like, oh, like I feel like myself again. Yeah. But charting my cycles, it was crazy. My cycles were all over the place, like 60 days, 82, 74. My temperatures were up and down. I wasn't ovulating. Um, and I could see that on the chart that there was obviously hormonal like my body was trying to probably ovulate and it just didn't know how to because it was yeah. stopped for so long. Yeah. Um, and then I got what's now we call post-pill acne. <laughs> now we have a term for it. Yes, yes. And I've got photos on my Instagram of what it used to look like. They were just like craters on my skin. Like it wasn't, you couldn't pop it. It was like underneath. It was coming from the inside out. 
Yeah. And that was hard. It hit about the eight-month mark, which generally happens. And, yeah, I just tried to clean up my diet. I stopped caffeine, dairy, all of that. And then I was getting um, laser facials as well. So I was getting the internal and the external. Yeah. yeah. And was it, about, yeah, oh, how, how long did it take for that to stabilise out? Probably six to 12 months. Yeah. And I tell people you need to get over that hump to to get to the other side um, because a lot of people stop taking it and then a month or two in they realise that they're getting breakouts so they want to go back on it. Yeah. But yeah. if you persevere over that, over the hump and get to the other side, it does it does get better. Do you think it would have been easier or better with your cycles or your skin if you had like giving yourself, I don't know, say two months, for example, lead up to coming off the pill that you cleaned up, maybe your diet, I don't know what your diet was like, but if you really cleaned up your diet, you took um, some liver supporting stuff, you did gut health work, all that. If you'd done that prior to taking off the pill, do you reckon it might have been a bit easier on the other side? Yeah, I reckon because I tell people that now to do to do the gut work before and they do recommend three to three months before you come off birth control to do it I'm sure you recommend that too <laughs> yeah. yeah that's why you're asking but I didn't know back then oh, no. I, I didn't know anything really about gut and here's me researching online through my corporate work and I still didn't even know that yeah. that wasn't fear, out there the fear is so big around like skin and acne and stuff. Like there's been times where because I have PCOS, there've been times where my PCOS will flare up from stress. Um, my diet's always pretty good, but from stress and my acne gets really bad. And you just go, all you want to do is go on the pill or something, you know, or Rakutane, you know, just to be like, just because like skin issues are so big and debilitating because it's such a it's such a self confidence hit. Yeah, it's hard to cover up when we look at your face to communicate. That's how we read body language or talk to someone. It's not like it's on our arm or our back yeah. where you can kind of hide it. So you started charting, tracking your cycles, charting, tracking those things, and then you obviously fell in love with the process and you're telling people about it and that's kind of what led you down that track to go, you know what, I actually want to study to be an instructor. Is that the process? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And then you started, you studied it, loved it, started your own business? Yeah, basically. I did have, I did take an instructor course in America to learn charting myself and that was a disaster. Honestly, I did not understand anything either. Maybe because it was in Fahrenheit, whereas we chart in Celsius. And even though you can convert it, like I teach US clients in Fahrenheit, um it's the exact same rules applied which I understand but if you tell me like 98 degrees I don't know really how hot or cold that is yeah (laughs) but um yeah I took that and I was like wow I didn't understand anything like I could do this so much better and easier and that's what I like to break down the simple concepts and I find a lot of my feedback is saying that that it's a lot easier broken down than reading the textbook that's so dense and that's sort of I guess my mission that I decided to do to do it that way to make it easier for people and I'm sure there's a lot of women listening who are going oh I haven't either they haven't heard about a fertility awareness method and they're looking for options beyond sort of birth control or they have heard 
of it, but don't really know a lot about it. So breaking down what is fertility awareness methods or the different types that you kind of work with and use? Yeah, so fertility awareness is charting your cycles. So you've got biomarkers that your body gives you, these signs and symptoms that you can put on a chart and lay it out. And the reason why we have a chart is because we use temperature. So your basal body temperature or BBT. So that's your your um, temperature as soon as you wake up after the body's had rest because it's the most still and your lowest core temperature. And do you usually recommend people just get a, like the cheap option is just a thermometer in your mouth? Yeah, you have to make sure it's a basal body thermometer. Just a regular fever doesn't do it because it doesn't, it needs to be um, 2.2 decimal places. And the BBT is more sensitive than just your regular fever. Do you use that yourself or do you use temp drop or something else? Yeah, so I started with the oral temps and then I purchased temp drop when they launched, um, I think four or five years ago now I've been using it because I don't wake up at the same time every day. So I love it for that. Yeah, Yeah, I love mine, but I found um, it kept going dead. So I need to put a new battery in it, I think. Um, But yeah, they do take all the stress work out of that. So it's charting your cycles, tracking temp and what else is involved? Yeah, and then you've got cervical mucus. So that's the mucus that's secreted. Um, You get different types of mucus depending on where you are in your cycle. Some people have a different pattern. We sort of look at the textbook (laughs) in their fan books and realise that we don't match up to that. But really it's about finding your cervical mucus pattern because everyone's different. We're all made up differently, different lifestyles. If someone's, so the idea with cervical mucus is that obviously around, we start to see those shifts around ovulation. Generally, that's when it gets um, what we call egg white. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So you've got an egg white that can be stretchy and gooey, usually more than a centimeter. It doesn't snap when you break it. But this is the thing, not everyone gets egg white. And when I started learning, I didn't get egg white and I thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, well, I'm not ovulating then. Well, turns out that a watery, slippery type is also known, is is an indication for ovulation. And um, sometimes I don't even see it. I just feel very wet, which is sensation. So you can have a wet sensation. Usually it's the egg white has watered down so much that it's, become so watery yeah that makes sense because I have that sometimes like I'm just sort of past ovulation this time and I'm like I didn't get much egg white but just that wetness like I'm like I feel like I'm I'm like as my period started I keep going to the toilet like checking I'm like I know it's going to be early so what's but it's okay that can be a sign of ovulation as well that that yeah yeah and just tip on that if you so usually when you have your period it's a warmer feeling that wet type whereas when it's your mucus it's usually a colder feeling yeah so that's sometimes you can check in which one is a is it a hot feeling or a cold feeling so that starts mid-cycle typically around ovulation and then what goes through a week or so and then you know like how long are you sort of ballpark obviously it's different for everyone but are you sort of expecting two weeks or a week of it and then a week of dry and then your period or or where are you? Yeah, everyone's different. Some people only get one day of 
of that peak mucus, like the fertile mucus. Um, but your fertile window is generally a week to two weeks, depending on your cycle length. If you've got a 28-day cycle, it's usually a week um, because the mucus pattern usually starts off like a sticky, creamy type, which is a non, non-peak non or non-fertile type mucus. And then you'll see it transition to that egg white watery for a couple of days, one day, two days, and then it will go back to your egg, your creamy, sticky type. Up until you dry. Yeah. Yeah. Some people see peak mucus, like the egg white watery, a couple of days before their period and they start to freak out that they're fertile again. But usually that's the mucus plug breaking down. So your cervix has a mucus plug to shut off basically because you're not fertile why do we need sperm in there but that mucus has to break down for the menstrual blood to flow out yeah. so sometimes you might see that um or the other reason is if you're having unprotected sex because you're not fertile you can have leftover sperm that looks is exactly like that yeah so is it common then because i feel like mine you know runs quite close to my period and you're thinking about that luteal phase and I work with a lot of women who have really really low progesterone and sometimes they go well you know who knows if you're even ovulating and tell them to obviously track their temps and whatnot but is it quite common do you see in charting for women to have a short uh, luteal phase then like is that common? Yeah sometimes we see that um usually nine days or less is a short considered a short luteal phase because you yeah you want to have enough um more more than that to allow the progesterone to build up in the body right okay so your reserve your progesterone reserve yeah because it may not even be that because I'm thinking your sticky stuff has to start around day 14, 15 and then hold all the way to like day 28 or something. So you could have like two weeks worth of it, but that's not actually the case. If there's nine days prior to your period, that's that's almost enough to build progesterone. Yeah, because especially if you are wanting to fall pregnant as well, you need more days for the egg to implant. Mm. Or yeah. it does implant, but it needs to hold in there. But if you get your period with an eight-day luteal phase, maybe that it's it doesn't hold into the uterine lining. Yeah, okay. So the other thing that's often taught is cervix height, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's that? another another biomarker. I don't rely on it to, to say, okay, we definitely ovulated because this is what the cervix is doing. It's just a great check for people to use to be like, oh, yeah, I am in my fertile window. My cervix is really high. Um, and then- How do you measure that exactly? Because that's always been something that I've kind of wondered about because I'm like, mucus, I can check my undies and see. Temp, when I've got my temp drop out, I can play with it and look. But I'm like, I don't really understand the so the size or the shortening or anything like that. Yes. Yeah, so the the uterus. So the cervix is connected to the uterus, yeah. and when you ovulate, the people aren't going to see because oh, we're we're doing audio. But your uterus is sort of tilting forward, okay. and then when you go to ovulation, it lifts up. So the reason where when it's lifting up, it causes your cervix to r- rise higher. Right. And it's sort of 
lengthens the vaginal canal in a way. So if you can't reach your cervix, you're probably in mid-cycle around that time. You personally, as someone who's more experienced in this stuff, do you find it easy to tell with your cervix or do you you find it tricky yourself as well or...? Yeah, I think because I've been doing it for so long, I know my body and I know where it is and and what it's doing. And then like now I'm about to get my period and last night in the shower I checked my cervix. Sorry, two days ago I checked it and I was like, oh, it's a bit like in the middle. And then last night I checked it and I felt how low it got just within 24 hours. Wow. That's amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm going to start doing that, definitely. Yeah. I usually recommend try it a day or two before you get your period or a day or two after because that's when it will be the lowest. Okay. Or if you're game enough, just do it while you have your period because that will be the most lowest. I usually do it in the shower all the time that's um, nice. because it's easy. You've got soap and water. And then you check it once again mid-cycle around usually when you would ovulate and then you'll see the difference. So you've only got two things to measure against as opposed to doing it like every single day and then you're like, oh, it went up and then it went down. Like where is it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's awesome. I, I'm definitely, definitely doing that. Um, So for so that are your main biomarkers then, your temp, your mucus, your cervix cervix. you can there is a um fertility awareness method that uses lh test strips so your luteinizing hormone so they use temperature and lh so it's important to always use two biomarkers to cross check against each other um because the luteinizing hormone will show you that there is enough luteinizing hormone that's going to um, cause the egg to be released and then temperature would confirm that the egg did did get released yes. because there's now progesterone taking over. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's quite, as far as things you need to get started then, it's quite simple in a sense. Like, I mean, if you're just wanting to start playing around at home, what what things would you recommend? Obviously a basal body temperature and an app or something to track it? Yeah, if you want the most cheapest, lowest cost effective or just needing to buy a basal body thermometer, the um, Surgy Pack pink one from Chemist Warehouse is $13 wow. now. So that's um, that's all you'd need because then you can do a, use a paper chart that you download offline. Um, or you can get an app, which I like to use. Um, I recommend Read Your Body. That's what I get all my clients to use. Um, when we work together, they get three months free anyway just yeah. to test it out. And usually they continue working with using it because they love it so much. It's got a lot of great functions. Yeah. Um, so they're the two things that you would need is a BBT and then how are you going to chart on a paper chart or use an app? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously like anything, and I say this to people when they ask me about gut health and they're kind of like, well, can I just treat a parasite myself or treat <laughs> SIBO myself? Like what are the pros of working with an instructor? If you're kind of going, well, there's a couple basic you know, metrics to look at and you get an app and you track it, why, you know, why work with an instructor? Yeah, well, you can self-teach and you can read a manual on how to do it. Um, And it's recommended if you do to stay protected for three cycles so you can learn. Um, Whereas if you work with an instructor, once we confirm ovulation together or I can see your chart and I know that your window's closed, you can go unprotected 
um, from then. And then the other thing is it also fast tracks your learning as well because everything's broken down and and you can ask me questions. You can't really ask a book that (laughs) when you hit a point and you're confused. Um, And then the other thing is if you don't have those textbook charts because you've come off birth control, that's really important to work with an instructor because you're probably not going to find those in a book. Well, I feel like it's like anything, right? Like we're happy to listen to podcasts and what you ch- watch YouTube videos and read books and stuff like that, but there is nothing, there is nothing like getting stuck and being able to ask someone a question. Like it's just, it's so much easier and better. And like you said, like even if you do it for a few months or three months or six months or whatever, and you start to really understand your cycle and your body, because I'm guessing you're going to pick up things that, the general Mary isn't such as maybe a hormonal imbalance or something like that, that you might be able to pick up through the charts. Yeah, that's right. I always say to people, like, I can't give you medical advice, but I can only say there might be something going on here and I can put you in the right direction to go get a hormone panel done, get a blood test or go and work with someone. Um, if you, if we do see something and nine times out of 10, they say, oh yeah, I've got these signs and symptoms, like the clinical symptoms. And then I see it on the chart and then that helps them to go work, work on their hormones. And I say, if you want, I mean, you don't have to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess, like, I guess there's so many benefits of fertility awareness method that you must see. Like, a, if you're trying to fall pregnant or you're trying to not fall pregnant, obviously both of those, but then also picking up like those hormonal imbalances or things like low progesterone and stuff. I mean, yes, blood tests and urine and Dutch testing is awesome as well, but it's so empowering being able to understand and know your body. And I think that's what got me. I was like, oh, people like you're so in tune with your body. I'm like, I'm not, I just listen to it. Like I just, you, you sort of, you pay attention. Doesn't mean you can predict everything, but I don't know. You must love that as well. Yeah, I do. And I have PCOS as well or or those signs and symptoms and I can manage it. But when I don't ovulate or it's delayed, I'm like, okay, let's hone it in now. Something's something's up. I obviously went drinking too much last month or <laughs> ate too much KFC or something. It's crazy. I'm exactly the same. Like as soon as like my cycle extends to like 32 days or something and I get all those PMS symptoms, I'm like, damn it, I've done something wrong. I need to listen and understand. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can be in your face. Like it's it's showing you what what you've probably been up to. Um, It's a good report, health report card, basically every month that you can look at. Because. Yeah, go I was just going to say what you see on the chart now is a reflection of last month. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So once you start to understand your cycles, do you recommend people, you know, continue to track it quite religiously in a sense or, like, do you still take your basic body temp every day and all that side of stuff even though you'd have a good sort of understanding of your cycles now? Yeah, I still do because I want to know when I ovulate. And because I chart to not fall pregnant, then I know what days I can go unprotected. And my beautiful boyfriend who knows my cycle will be like, did you get a high temp? Did you get a high temp? Did you confirm? Because he he knows a rough idea of when it would be. 
Yeah. He's very good with math, so he'll just count back how many cycle days roughly. Yeah. And then usually I will tell him, like, oh, I've got, you know, I confirmed today and, and it's all good. Yeah, I love so that. I guess if, I, you, if you weren't sexually active or you weren't in a relationship, maybe you could be a bit lax, but I love that your boyfriend's so on board with it too. Yeah. Well, lately I have been a bit um, bit slack, I guess, or I don't know. It's, it's it's only human that we fall off the, the bandwagon. I sometimes say, like, if life gets too stressful, the last thing you want to worry about is waking up to take your temperature. Did I take it? Did I sleep three hours? When life gets in the way, sometimes... Just, you you can leave that and come back to it as long as you stay protected and do know um, that if you can't, you know, if you're charting to avoid pregnancy, just to, to stay protected and, and be careful of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, this last cycle I, I confirmed my ovulation and then I just didn't wear my temp drop for about a week. <laughs> just, yeah, true. Like once you confirm it, then I suppose you, you kind of know. And I don't know, like you're obviously more experienced with it as well. It's kind of like me with gut stuff, like um, you just sort of, you you do go in and out of things. Like you're not always just, I don't know, tracking or whatever. I don't I go the same. With yeah, that's right. And everyone's like that. Um, Like I'm not perfect. I guess it's just like counting calories or something, you know, you do it and then you get off and then you do it again and. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like with an exercise, your exercise yeah. routine. Yeah. No, awesome. I love that. And I obviously learned heaps today. I was like, oh, this is actually, this has inspired me to get back on track because I've been a bit lax with mine. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of just loosely tracking. Um, But then, yeah, I'll go through stages. But I might actually find my temp drop and put it back in and track it again. But thank you so much for jumping on today. For those who are listening, and I'm sure plenty of women have got lots of questions and want to know more, where's the best places to find you, stalk you, talk to you? Yeah, you can stalk me on Instagram. I have lots of information on there that you can go through. Um, I get told people apparently learn a lot about how to chart even just from the content I produce. Um, you can DM me on Instagram or you can check out my website, chartingwithjess.com. There's more info on how we can work together, such as the one-on-one, the group course and all of that amazing awesome. stuff. Well, I will link that all in the show notes for you guys, but I will also tag Jess on my Instagram. So it's just at chatting with Jess or her website is um, www.chartingwithjess.com. And she also has a free ebook called five things, you know, before you start charting, which can be found on her website, which I recommend you guys go and download. But thanks for jumping on. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, that was actually, that was incredible. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me and, yeah, spreading this word, that spreading the message that I've been doing the last few years since I started. So yes. thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jess. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking. Yeah.